Welcome to Dear Wallflower, your podcast advice column for the woman who desires to deepen and beautify her inner world. Every week, we'll answer a letter from listeners just like you, who are looking for insight and wisdom on the most pressing questions in their story right now. Make sure to stay with us until the end to hear our weekly recommendations on books, movies, music, lifestyle, beauty, and more. We're so glad you're here. Grab a cup of tea and come on in. Welcome, dear listeners, to this episode of Dear Wallflower, a podcast for the women with a deep inner world. I'm your host, Keely Clarkson. I'm an actress, writer, filmmaker, and the editor-in-chief of Wallflower Journal. And with me today is my lovely co-host, Jessica Schroeder. I'm a writer and newly minted doctor, a food blogger, tea drinker, and plant-based entrepreneur. Congratulations to Dr. Schroeder. (laughs) Thank you very much. Well, we want to thank each and every person who has tuned in today. We're always so glad to have you with us. We hope this episode finds you well and take this time to go ahead and pour yourself a nice cuppa. We will be getting to this week's letter in just a few moments, but first let's get into our pre-letter segment of the show, our segment called Roses and Thorns, where we recount our highs and lows of the week, starting with our thorn, something that, that left us feeling dry or depleted or frustrated that week. And finishing off with our rose, something that fostered our inner world or brought us joy or built us up. So Jessica, I think I have a pretty good idea of what your rose might be, but tell us, (laughs) what was this week's thorn? Yes. If you recall from uh, the last episode I was on, my, my previous rose was anticipating my dissertation defense and the thorn uh, comes with that rose (laughs) in the sense (laughs) that even though I passed my defense, which is Amazing. So wonderful. So grateful. Um, I passed with required revisions, which will take some time to complete. So it's just a little anticlimactic, I think, to come (laughs) off of that exciting mountaintop and like, okay, there's more work to do. Nothing's quite done. Um, So just a reminder to everyone out there who may find themselves in any little circumstance where you just feel like something's not quite finished. You're not the only one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but my my rose for this week is uh, yet another anticipatory rose, and I think you're probably guessing what that is. I'm about to take a trip to the UK. So it has been over eight years since I've been out of the country, and I'm very excited to finally travel internationally again. And it's also the first time that my husband and I have traveled internationally together. So we're just really excited and looking forward to discovering what our own rhythms look like when mm-hmm. we travel internationally we all surely do have our own rhythms when we travel internationally, especially as a couple. I find that um, Nathan and I have been lucky enough to travel internationally more than a few times together. And what I find is that it's it's so much better when you have that person with you. You can count on them. One of us has the tickets. The other one has the snacks. Or, <laughs> you know, one of us is carrying the bags. The other one is um, looking on our Maps app to figure out where we're going. Um, it's such a wonderful thing to kind of, like, experience this new uh facet of your marriage when you finally get to travel internationally together. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like a lot of fun for you guys. Yeah, looking forward to it. How about for you? Well, you know, interestingly, I, I, I couldn't come up with a thorn this week. Um, it was not a terribly thorny week, which 
I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and take that's, that. That's great. Yeah. I'm going to take the blessing. But my rose was that, so I've mentioned this before a couple of times, I think, which is that um, I am part of the Screen Actors Guild, which is has been on strike for the last few months, um, along with writers uh, here in the in Los Angeles and just the entertainment industry at wide. But um, the rose was that we got word this week that the strike might be ending soon. <gasps> Yay! Yes, it ended for the writers, and so we are. Mm very much anticipating and holding our breath to hear what goes on with, um, with SAG when they meet with the studios, which we got word that they will be meeting very, very soon. So we're just um, excited about what that might mean Mm -hmm. for us moving forward. That's terrific. All right. So just a couple of things before we move on to our letter for this week, if you have been enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving us a review. It really helps to boost the podcast and get it in front of other people who might enjoy it and get something from it and identify with the letter that week. And make sure to share with a friend. And lastly, we would love to encourage you to send in your own letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. We would be honored to have the opportunity to speak into the issues that you are facing today. All right, so let's move on to our letter for today, which covers the subject of whether or not our expectations in a future spouse are too high. Dear Wallflower, I have been praying for my future husband for several weeks, and while I totally believe God will answer my prayers one day if it is His will, I feel rotten I'm having questions. I am so different from how other people live and believe. I don't even wear makeup. And inside, I wonder if I will ever truly find a guy who shares my beliefs. I am really strong and sincere on why I believe them. Will there really be somebody both perfect for me and who shares my beliefs? Am I raising the bar too high or not trusting God enough? How can I share my unique and Christian views with someone who may disagree or be hurt because of them? In short, is there a guy compatible for me? Signed, a wallflower girl. Jessica, what are your thoughts for our wallflower girl. First, I would say to our sweet friend, don't feel rotten for having questions. Life is full of questions, especially in uncharted waters. You're looking ahead, anticipating with hope and praying faithfully about something for which your heart longs. It is only natural that you'd have some questions. Second, I would say, if it is God's will for you to be married, I believe he has a wonderful man that will be a good fit for you. That doesn't mean that everything will be easy. Even the most, quote, compatible people have disagreements to work through, but the Lord works in beautiful and mysterious ways. So I would just encourage you to have hope. Um, If I can share a bit of my own story to start off here, I prayed for my future husband for years I probably started doing so in either middle school or high school, and it wasn't until college that Daniel and I met. And I recognize that for some listeners, that might even seem like a short amount of time compared (laughs) to what they've gone through or are going through. And, uh, you know, we, we don't know God's timeline for these things that we desire. I actually know several people who have waited even decades for both marriage 
and or having children. And I, I don't say that to foster any kind of fear, but I just want to show that God is faithful to answer prayers in accordance with his will and in his perfect timing. So I, I don't necessarily think that our writer is not trusting God enough. A lack of clear answers in our desired timing isn't a sign of a lack of trust. I also want to highlight the word perfect for a moment. Uh, our writer asks, will there really be somebody both perfect for me and who shares my beliefs? I think we have to be careful with the word perfect, especially when we consider human to human relationships. This can set us up for disappointment or for disillusionment. When I hear the word perfect used in this way, I imagine the notion of one person completing another. Please be wary of this. Everyone listening. Mm -hmm. No human can complete you or is a perfect match. All that being said, I do think that there are certainly, there, there certainly could be someone out there who is a wonderful match for you even if we don't use the term perfect. <laughs> also, I don't know what constitutes what you call your particular beliefs in terms of whether someone will align with, with those. But again, I think if it is God's will for you to be married, I believe that he is preparing you and he's preparing a special man for you even now. I have two main pieces of advice that I will give in, in light of what I've just said. First, I'd say don't lower your standards, but pray about them. For example, I was that girl who had super high standards. I still have high standards um, for like all areas of my life. Um, and at 20 years old, um, I had never had a boyfriend. I certainly had been interested in various guys, but had not yet found one that I thought was suitable or a fit for the standards that I felt compelled to hold. And just when I had declared kind of to myself and to God, like I would stop looking, you know, okay, this summer is going to be about God. I'm not focused on guys. Um, that's actually when the Lord decided to bring my husband into my life. So to be clear, I, I say pray about your standards rather than lowering them because one, I don't know what your standards are specifically, so I can't say whether or not they're too high, but I, you know, like I said, personally, from my own story, I do believe it's good to have high standards. And second, there may be some, some of those standards that you need to hold loosely while others that you do need to hold on to tightly. Mm -hmm. So we can change our minds over time and we may need to as we grow in wisdom and in knowledge, as we mature in our faith, as we see God's truth more clearly. Um, I actually hold some different beliefs today than I held in high school and maybe even in college, not because I've grown soft or distant in my faith, but because I understand things differently. Mm -hmm. At the same time, there are some core beliefs that I still hold to today just as strongly as I did before. So I would say, let the Holy Spirit lead and guide you and be open to his forming in that area. And as a caveat, when I say that certain beliefs have changed, for example, in my life, I don't mean anything that is central to the gospel or who God is. Mm -hmm. Rather, it's things that are more secondary or tertiary, um, such as the various ways that our faith gets lived out in everyday life. So we may have started with feeling a certain way about something, I don't know, maybe because a friend felt that way or a pastor who's been over us or a book that we read. But along the way, maybe we come to see things a little bit differently. It doesn't mean... Um, 
that we were bad or, or wrong for holding that to that particular thing before, but it can, our, our, our views of the world can become more, more rounded out over time as we, as we learn and engage the world around us. I think that's also such a, a benefit that you get from being in a relationship with someone and, and in a marriage is oftentimes you will be um, presented with a perspective that you never thought about, that you had never really given any kind of true thought to. So I think that's a really good point is the things that you are, you know, that there are kind of levels of, of your beliefs and your values and, and what you desire in, in a partner. Um, some of them, I, yeah, you, I don't think you should um, compromise on, you know, if, if faith is really important to you, I don't think you should at all compromise on, on finding a husband that, um, that also loves God. Right. But then there are those things that, you know, I look back at myself 10 years ago and I go, wow, I valued and cared about different things that today mm-hmm. don't really line up with the life that I'm living now. And I'm actually so happy about that. So I think that's a mm-hmm. great point, Jessica. Yeah. And I like that you bring up that we can learn from each other. It's not just, oh, do I need to, you know, adapt my standards in the meantime now, but it could be that when our writer or anyone listening meets someone that they think this is someone I could potentially see myself sharing the rest of my life with. Mm-hmm. If something about them or one of their deeply held beliefs kind of presents a little bit of tension with one of yours, it's worth asking, well, why is that? You know, what is this belief that I'm, or this value that I'm holding to and why do I hold it? And yeah. what's this person's perspective on that? And maybe there there's, there's room and, and, and need for kind of meeting in the middle or learning from one another, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that that comes up a lot with people's personalities. Um, but I think it can also come with um, certain kinds of values, depending on what those things are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all this to say, um, be open to your standards shifting a bit, not due to a lowering of your standards, but due to your own growth and maturing as a person. Then my second piece of advice is, Keep living your life. I once read a fabulous Christianity Today article titled, I Don't Wait Anymore. In part, it was about the purity ring culture, but really it was about so much more than that. In short, the author was riffing off of the true love waits tagline, so commonly associated with purity rings. And hear me say, I had a purity ring. I have gifted a purity ring to a non-Christian friend who holds these high standards as well. So I champion this value. However, the point for the author was not that she was being cavalier in her relationships with men. Rather, she said she was done waiting for her life to start. Mm. She was done waiting for a marriageable man to enter her life so that she could move on with chasing her dreams and living into what she felt God had called her to as a unique individual person. Mm -hmm. So that just really stuck with me, um, that you are an individual person and you shouldn't put your life on hold, so to speak. So yes, keep praying for your future husband. That is one of the greatest gifts that you can give to him. And you can give it to him without even knowing who he is. And live your life right now. Don't wait until you meet a guy to fill in the blank. Mm. Finally, I do want to address our writer's question. Is there a guy with whom she could be compatible? 
I want to say, yes, I am not God, so I don't know his plans for your life, but I can confidently say that I was in your shoes one day. I wondered if there were any guys out there who held the kinds of values that I held. And there was. His name is Daniel. (laughs) This is not to say that we share everything perfectly in common, but we hold the most essential things in common. Both values core to our faith and some unique life-related, perhaps in some ways quirky, kinds of values. So don't give up hope. Keep praying. Let the Spirit guide you. Keep living your life. That's what I would say to our writer. Kelia, what are your thoughts for her? Well, I think this is such an interesting question that she poses because I think it's a really, really important thing and it's a good thing to have standards. I think it's necessary even. And more women ought to have higher standards for sure. But it's also important to question, when do standards become too high unrealistic, unhealthy? What's the balance? Because it's important to have these values and these beliefs and to live by them. But when do we become too stringent and unmoving in our standards? And I don't know exactly what our writer's um, values are that she's talking about. I don't doubt that some of them are really important and some of them are probably, you know, on, on different levels, right? That we talked about. Um, so everything I'm going to say is just, it's speaking very generally and not necessarily about a particular belief. So a couple of things, um, that came to mind, uh, first a writer expresses desiring marriage one day, but marriage is built on compromise. And I don't mean the compromise of deeply held values, but it's a union between two people who have a few core values in common, such as faith. But here's where the compromise part comes in. When we come to the table with a long list of must-haves for our future spouse, it'll be really difficult to ever find someone who perfectly aligns with the image that we have created in our mind. To use an example from my own life, my husband and I, when we first met, thought really differently about a lot of things. By all accounts, there were so many things that just we were so different on. We had come from really different backgrounds on. So then part of the foundation of our relationship was actually based on learning how to love in disagreement and differences And being willing to examine our positions and admit it when we had gotten something wrong Mm -hmm. and allowing the other to speak into our life. So I think expecting marriage and your spouse to reaffirm everything that we already believe isn't really a realistic expectation to have. And I don't think it's necessarily a healthy expectation to place on another person. If we approach our relationship with the um, the standard of the expectation, you know, that we will be taken exactly as we are and perfectly aligned with someone, never required to grow or change in a positive way. I don't think this is exactly a biblical stance. Um, 
not one of us is perfectly suited for marriage right off the bat. And upon entering this union or even just a, a serious relationship that has the potential to grow into a marriage one day, we have to be prepared for our positions to be challenged and to hold our expectations loosely. Not all of them, but some of them. I think standing unmoving on our standards can actually prevent us from meeting someone and seeing the potential that they have to be a, a really wonderful partner to us. I think a lot of what this comes down to is what those expectations or standards are or are for. Like I think in in my mind, what that phrase means is things about someone's character that are mm-hmm. non-negotiables. You know, someone who, you know, is the sort of person who would, and it can even be quite general in the sense of there are different ways to live out generosity, faithfulness, mm-hmm. kindness, love, the fruits of the spirit, you know, as an example. Um, whereas it sounds like maybe the kinds of things that you're talking about that are you know, you need to be open-handed about her. Well, I was hoping for a guy who would be into this kind of a thing or who Mm -hmm. did things this way. um, More of like the, I don't know, the tangible kind of lived out examples, if that makes sense. So yeah, I feel like it's helpful. Hopefully it's helpful to our our writer and other listeners to consider um, what sorts of expectations and standards are we talking about? Is it the kind of thing that um, is is core to who they are as an individual and will really show itself at the at the at the character level and who you know who who they are as a person and are you potentially putting yourself in an unhealthy relationship by being with that person yeah. or is it more that um, the unrealistic could could end up being well I just. <laughs> There's something about this person that I don't like. It is like, mm-hmm. well, <laughs> welcome to the club. Like you said, like we we discover things about people. We grew up in different ways and we have different ways of doing things or ways of seeing stuff that um, we end up learning from each other. And sometimes we're each changed by each other yeah. in a good way too. So I think that's probably core to the discernment process. Yeah, I I just, I think what I what I really want to get across is there is a danger as uh, in, in seeing, I don't know how to phrase this. Cause I, I, I don't want to ever come across like I am, um, saying, you know, she should lower her standards completely. That's not at all what I think, but I think there's a danger in seeing what we hold as, as standards and all of them equally, not, you know, on a, on a level, as we talked about as the kind of golden standard and, if someone else has maybe different standards or lives into other things differently, you know, we aren't willing to look at the value and the potential that someone has because, well, they didn't live up to this, you know, golden standard. And so that's what I, I want to caution against is being, you know, willing to see potential. Um, another thought I had when I read this letter was that God created men and women to look for specific things in partners and to be attracted to specific things in a partner. And so I might encourage our writer while she is considering the qualities that she hopes for her future husband to have 
I might consider her or encourage her, I mean, to think about what she is doing that would attract a good man. So what I would suggest if she wants to find a good man, these are some things that I myself had to learn. Um, I think anyone looking to find a life partner could stand to be reminded of. So here are just a few things. Learn how to be a little bit open-minded and be willing to wrestle with ideas that you aren't familiar with and to step outside of your comfort zone sometimes. I think learn how to ask questions and discuss without getting heated. Um, You might be right about a specific belief that you hold, but you might end up being really glad that you decided to listen to another person's perspective because it led you actually, you know, end up you you ended up getting closer to what you now, you now believe to be the truth. Um, the next idea I had was that God created us to be biologically driven people, right? We assess people based off of their appearance. And that's not a shallow thing. This is woven into the way that we were created. Men and women alike do this. So what this reality of the way that we were created means is it's a good and healthy thing to take pride in our physical appearance. And I, what I mean by this is putting time into having good hygiene, dressing nicely and clothes that complement your shape. Um, and maybe even swiping on some mascara or lipstick. And all of this only insofar as feels authentic to us, of course. You know, some of us don't mind wearing makeup. Others prefer wearing much less. But I want to encourage a healthy pride in appearance in the way that we are presenting ourselves. Because it's not a bad thing that we first see someone physically. We're not going to see who they are internally just yet. That takes a little more time to get there. And so the first thing that we're going to be able to um, see and perceive about someone is the physical, the outside appearance. So my next thought, there may be things and ideas that you and your future husband don't exactly align on. And if this is the case, it's important not to allow arguments and debates to take center stage all the time. I think this can really harm the bond between you and your husband, which is meant to be built on gentleness and romance and um, comfort and familiarity. So I just want to encourage anyone listening and, and our writer to just accept the fact that there will be things that you and your future husband don't exactly align on. And my last thought, you know, I, I still think, of course, it is important to find people who um, who share our values, our deeply, deeply held values. Um, so place yourself in groups of people, maybe from church or a community group, that share these deeply held values. And I do think there's a strong chance that you will meet someone who clicks with you, not necessarily perfectly aligns with every single thing on your list, but truly does click with you if you're willing to see it. And the very last point that I'm going to end on is that marriage is a wonderful gift. And while there is a good chance that our writer will find someone, if that is what she truly desires, it's never promised that we will get married. 
But the good news is that marriage is not absolutely necessary in order to live a whole and beautiful life. And it's Mm -hmm. not required that we get married to have a good life. Jesus wasn't married. Paul wasn't married. So while I want to encourage her to do everything within her power to find a good man, I also want to remind her that a beautiful life is possible either way. It's possible right now. Take heart in that. So I hope that we were able to offer a few helpful ideas for a writer to consider and anyone who might be in a similar position to also consider. And I pray that you will find your way forward and feel good about what you what you end up landing on. All right, so it's time for the May We Suggest segment of the podcast where we suggest to you the things that we have been reading, watching, eating, or wearing this week that just made us really happy to be alive. Everything we suggest will be linked in the description of this episode for you to check out. So Jessica, what is your suggestion? My suggestion this week is Pixar's new film, Elemental. Mm. I loved it. Uh, Typically, I would recommend any Pixar film with raving reviews, but since I have come across an exception or two in in the past few years, I definitely wanted to single this one out as a winner. It is creative. It's funny and heartwarming. Um, I won't say much else about it because I don't like to, at least personally, know too much about the storylines before going in and watching it. But funny, as you were finishing your advice, I was like, actually, I almost feel like this is kind of related to our letter in some kind of way. So that's, Mm. that's the only teaser I will give. Um, I highly recommend it. Go watch Elemental. Incredible. That sounds like a lovely watch. Well, my suggestion this week is, um, so I recently got these like pairs of silky loungewear to hang around the house and because I do a lot of work from home. And so it's important to, to be comfortable while I do that. And what I found, I hadn't really bothered to have nice loungewear before just because why, but I'll tell you why (laughs) it makes you feel so put together, beautiful, um, able to do wonderful and beautiful things because you're wearing something that's really nice and comfortable and it makes you feel good about yourself. And so if you're someone that spends enough time at home, honestly, even if you don't just any time at home, I would recommend investing in just a little bit of some silky loungewear to feel good and and to feel kind of like royalty. Marie Kondo would be all on board. She's like, do not take old t-shirts and old sweatpants and make that your (laughs) quote loungewear. She's like, that's not fair to you. You know, you're worth more than that. I truly like, and that used to be kind of my, my loungewear thing was like, Oh, just an old t-shirt, you know, like most people. But yeah, I think, I think putting just a little bit of effort again, this comes back to putting some effort into, into our appearance. Cause it makes us feel good to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, just a little bit of effort and comfort. It just really went a long way for me. So I would recommend that if you're looking for some kind of upgrade, maybe that's, maybe that's the one and it's relatively inexpensive as well. So to wrap up this episode, Jessica, how can listeners find and connect with you? Listeners can check out my weekly blog posts at edenandme.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Jessica J. Schroeder and my substack at jessicajschroeder.substack.com. 
And if you want to get in contact with me, you can search my name on any of the socials and reach out. And of course, check out Wallflower Journal, where we have new articles coming out every week about relationships, beauty, recipes, personal stories, and so much more. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Dear Wallflower today. If you have a question you'd like answered, you can send your letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. Every letter we read will be kept totally anonymous. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.